0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Amen, amen. As you're seated, say hi to the person next to you and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to welcome everybody on Facebook. Thank you for being with us. Pray that this message blesses you too. 1 Peter 2, 13. You got your Bibles? Yeah, you brought your Bibles. If you've got a phone, guess what? You've got a Bible. But I like the old school Bibles. Nothing beats old school Bible. Anyone in here agree? Any old school people in this place? Amen. All the young people are like, what's that? It's a book. Um, I'm joking. 1 Peter 2, 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. To every authority. Say every. every. Every authority. You know that word every? When you look it up in the Greek, did you know that word every means every? Oh, I, I put a Leo <laughs> concordance. Pink. Um, every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong, commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you, should, you shall silence the ignorant talk on foolish men. You know, I just I love that. It's God's will that us doing good, silence ignorant people, being able to have anything over us and speak over us. I think that's really good that God puts that in place. And we call to live as free men, people, women, men. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Say, Everyone. Hey, you know, when I looked at Greek, I'm joking. Um, everyone is everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king. We're, we're halfway through a series called The Authority of a Believer. And I just want to honor our pastor, our Leo Nicotra, for sharing phenomenally. (laughs) Like, we are super blessed that from this pulpit, you hear, uh, teaching and equipping on how to be, um, Sons and daughters in this world, we've been equipped and we've been in this about authority and we're talking about how we exercise authority, that you have authority, that we can go out and speak. Like it's been, it's fantastic stuff. And we love being in a position of authority. If you were to be honest, who loves being, having authority? Let's be honest, who loves having a bit of authority? You know, we all do. Any older siblings in this place? Who's an older brother and older sister? We love being in authority. Growing up, my brother had to listen to everything. It was my way. Pepe, Giuseppe were doing this. Pavs were doing this. And he had nothing else to he had to do. It. He, I just loved being under over authority. But if we were to be honest, do we we are talking about having authority but do you know to have the right authority to walk in the god's authority we actually need to be under authority not only just god's authority but man's authority and let's show another group of hands who loves that Oh, you guys are good, because I don't want to put my hand up sometimes, because, you see, as a teenager growing up, I I buckled with my parents' authority. You see, there was a time where I wanted to go away for a weekend away, and um, I'm getting looks. Anyway, they said no, and... And I, I, I said, but, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a grown man. I want to go away. I want to go away for this weekend. And they said, no, actually, we don't think you should. And I, all of a sudden, do I submit under their authority and, or, or, or do I buck heads? And I really w- but you know what? I decided to submit under my parents' authority, knowing now that they knew because God had placed them as authority figures over my life to guide me. And I submitted, even though I didn't want to. So tonight, this morning, not tonight, this morning, we're going to be talking about being under authority. Say under authority. So taking notes, the title is being under authority. See, being under authority means that we do not say my will. My will, my will my will the person who said my will was actually satan you can read up in isaiah 14 five times satan goes my will my will i will arise up i will have my my place on the throne i will i will and look where it got satan Where jesus on the other hand he got on his knees on gethsemane he said not my will your will your will hey god if it could pass me if there's any other way do it but it's not my will it is your will. I'm submitting under your authority, even though it sounds hard, even though I don't want to, I'm submitting under authority. And what happened? When he submitted under authority, guess what? Ephesians tells us he got all authority has been placed under his feet. Why? Because he learned to submit. While well, Satan took his authority. And what happened? All authority was stripped from Satan. Why? Because he didn't know how to submit under authority. So it might be a challenging message, but what I'm believing is that this sets you free. Because when you live under authority, guess what? It actually sets you free. It doesn't bind you. See, the world looks at us as like, I don't want to be under. I want to be the boss. But when you're under, the godly authority sets you free to be who God has called us to be. So you're ready this morning? Three ways how we can surrender our will and our authority unto him. The first one is we need to serve under authority. Serve under authority. See, I get out of school. And I was, most of you know this, I was the kid who was bullied in school and all that. I was the skinny leg kid. I was, like, like, the skinniest. And anyway, and, and I just got picked up, picked up. So I remember going out of high school going, you know what, I can't wait. Like, I want to get a job or something that I can have a bit of authority. And I can tell people what to do. Like, it was like, I just, so I became a referee. And I was like, yeah, I've got the uniform on. I have the whistle. And if I don't like a decision... Was the best until all of a sudden they stopped listening. But it was the best. That whistle gave me so much authority. it Doesn't matter what happened in the game. If I blew the whistle, guess what the game did? It stopped. So I remember the time where there was a fight, and I just got like, I thought, yeah, I'm the man. These kids are 13. I'm 16. I start sending people off, and my dad's like, What are you doing? You can't be sending people off. But anyway, I just love being authority. And we have this idea, right, in the world, that if I'm in charge, so I'm the pastor, you must, you 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 uh, you must serve me. It's me and me because I'm in charge. I'm in charge. But. I love Jesus because he flips that whole concept upside down and on its head. He He flips it around and he goes, hey, the world does it this way, but not so like you. If you want to be in authority, we're going to flip it around. You're not going to lead like the Lord it over, like everyone else does. But what are you going to do? You're going to serve under authority, even with authority. So we look here in Matthew 23, 11, and this is Jesus. We know it's Jesus because it's red. And um, it says, The greatest among you, the greatest among you, will be your servant. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but what? But came to? Okay, you're not awake with me. But came to? He came to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. This is Paul writing about Jesus in Philippians 2. 6, if you want to write down, it says, "Whom This is talking about Jesus. Whom being in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality with God. Which is insane when you think about God himself coming down as man and going, I'm not even going to consider equality with God. I'm going to empty myself to be man. That is submission under authority, right? And he goes, he, he did this to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, be made in human likeness. If we go over to Luke Luke 22, it says here in verse 25, this is Jesus again, it's in red. The kings of the Gentiles exercise, exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. So that's how the world does it, Gentiles, that's how the world does it, but not so with you. Because not so among you. On the contrary, who is greatest among you? Let him be as the younger. And who who governs, let he who serves. For who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I among you as the one who serves, but I among you as the one who serves. And he continues on. And what is he saying? He's like, hey, you want to lead? You want to have authority? Serve the people. Serve the people. Serve the people. Serve the people. And he demonstrates that in John 13. If, if you read it, he starts talking about that. He, he, he gets into his disciples. He gets on his knees. And he starts to wash the feet of those who, who he, he starts to wash their feet, wash their feet. And Peter's like, you can't wash my feet. And he's like, no, no, I must wash your feet. What is he doing? He's setting us an example on, 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 on the fact that, hey, all authority has been given to me under my feet, but yet I will wash your feet. What an amazing example. And, and, and if the church is meant to have all authority on this planet, if we're meant to walk in authority and we're meant to have the authority of God and Jesus says, authority looks like servanthood, how are we recognized to the world? Do they see us the way they should? Do we, are we serving our community? Are we serving within the house? Are we getting in and going, how can I serve you? Can I tell you, in this next season, when we hit Five Dog, they're going to not know what hit them because not another church is coming, but we're going to come and serve the community, and we're going to make such an impact that they're going to go, thank God that this church came to Five Dog. That's what you and I are called. So you better be on board with this. See, walking in authority is never a better-than-others attitude. It's never a better than others mindset, but it's a I will serve others mindset. It has to be that. It can't be that I'm bigger, I'm better. I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to serve you. When you serve someone, God, he, He's the one who brings you back on that table, doesn't He? He's the one who builds you up. Now, I remember, um, so one of our values, sorry, is the excellence. We value excellence. I'm not the best. But in everything I do, I will bring the best. I'm by far not the best drum in this church. But hey, this morning, I thought I would come and bring my best to serve the church. Right? I was so scared. But um, that's what we do. We come and we bring our best. I uh, remember going, God had said to me, Sal, you're going to be a pastor. You're going to be a minister. And I heard from God. And I, th- I thought I heard right. I'm pretty sure I heard right because I'm here now. And um, I remember going to barber college. And I was so excited. I was like gonna be this amazing pastor and preacher. And then it was time to serve at Hillsong Conference. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be serving at the greatest conference in the world. I know Awakening's great, and you guys are a phenomenal conference, but back then there was no awakening. So Hillsong Conference was the best conference ever. And I was like, I'm ready to I'm like, where am I gonna serve? I'm gonna be like Brian Brian's right-hand man, I'm gonna be like his top dogs. I'm gonna hang out with like Verdix and all that crew. And I look up and, and I find out where I'm serving, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. Literally the most life-changing ministry ever. This thing sets it apart. I'm going to be amongst the amazing people. It was such an honor to be finding out that I was going to clean toilets for a whole week. I got to clean toilets for 30,000 people for one whole week. It was so good. (laughs) It was great. But what happened? There was me and a couple of other guys. And someone said, He found out, and he goes, I'm not joining this team. I'm a worship pastor in in my church. I didn't come to college to clean toilets, and he got all upset. Got moved to be on the worship, like, you know, the choir. And that was cool. And I just remember that instantly. God just spoke to me. And it was like, now, what are you going to do? I'm like, man, I'm going to clean these toilets so damn good that they're going to come in here and have the best experience ever. So we had the excellence team. And we had, like, we had trumpets. We had musical instruments going around, going, like, just, and people are like, you guys are the happiest group ever. Why? Because I'm not the best, but I bring my best in everything I do. I've come here to serve. Can I just challenge can I challenge us for a moment? We never have this mentality of I have to do something. I have to preach. I have to preach another message. I have to be on words. I have to be on sound. I have to set up. You know, Jesus, the Bible says that he counted it all joy. He looked at the cross and it was joyful to him to die on our place. He didn't consider it a task. So so we don't consider this a task. I never say I have to get up here at 7 a.m. to put out the flags like I did this morning. Why? I get to do this. I get to come and serve. In the house of God, I get to be on the band. I get to welcome you guys. I get to set this up. We have to have this attitude. I get to do this. Man, people in the Old Testament died trying to be in His presence, but now we can come into His presence so freely, with sin surrounding us and go, We're not worthy to be in Your presence, and we get to do this. The moment it gets, I have to do this. We need to talk. We, we, we need to check ourselves. We need to check ourselves check in the mirror and go, what's my attitude? Why do I feel this way? And I'm not preaching to just yourselves. I'm sitting right here listening to myself going, yeah, man, I've got to check my attitude as well because there are moments where we don't feel like doing anything. You know, Patrick, he has been at this building for like every, I don't know, every day. He's volunteering. He doesn't have this attitude of I have to do this I get to. And I want to honor you, bro. This whole journey, man. You have been nothing but amazing in this. I want to honor anyone like Sophie on sound. She's on the words. Three services today. She's on words, which is phenomenal. We want to honor you. Tim on the sound. We, I... Church, we get to do this. God didn't have to choose us, but he chose to use us. Isn't that cool? You know the best thing is? He looks after you. When you, when you serve his people, he looks after you. Can, can I quickly show you that this is biblical? I've actually got scripture for this. If you guys are like, where is this in scripture? Let's go and go to somewhere. <laughs> just turn and point and finger. No. So we're, we're going to look at Mark 8. Real quick, real quick. So, so imagine this. They, they, they've just fed the 4,000. Jesus and his disciples fed the 4,000. They hop into their boat and... Um, They've just encountered the Pharisees and, and Jesus says to them, Hey, you know, beware of the the um what do you call it? The yeast, the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware, beware. And then they freak out and they're like, Oh, oh man. He's saying something about bread. We forgot to big bread. It's Peter. You forgot the bread. And Peter's like, dude, I didn't. It wasn't me. It was, it was John. He's like, what the heck? And they start arguing. They don't. It's not. This is just a sour version of it. And, and they start again. They get on the, hope, on the boat. And they're like, oh, Jesus perceives. He knows that, that. Why are you guys talking about bread? I'm not even talking about bread. Where's your mind at? I, 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 actually, you know what? Since you're thinking of it, I'm going to bring this up. And so Jesus brings this up, which is phenomenal, right? He, and he goes, hey, hey, guys, listen up. You know when I broke the five loaves and the four how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And and you know when Jesus or when God ever asks a question, he knows the answer. We don't know the answer, right? And, and so the 12, they said to him, well, 12. And he goes, good, good answer. Um, and the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. Hey, let me say this the way I want to. He said seven. And he said to them, don't you still get it yet? Do you not get this? Like, think about it. Who served the people? Was it Jesus? Or the disciples? Jesus was a part of it. Jesus is breaking the bread, breaking the fish, and for like thousands and thousands of pieces going around. Who distributed the bread? The disciples did. They walked around in feeding, and feeding. And, and then who collected everything? The disciples did. And, and they're like, and Jesus is like, hey, you cannot outgive me. Every time you serve me, you serve someone else. Guess what? I'm giving you 10 loads, 12 times. I'm giving back. So if you're in kids and you're like, I'm serving and I'm serving, it's like God is looking after you. Put him first. Put his church first and watch him bless you back. It's the best thing with the attitude of I get to do this, not I have to. Hey, you know what? I'm going to say this. If I get corrected, Leo's not here. (laughs) We need to stop praying for revival because it's here and it's now and it's happening as we speak. We need to be in action, ready and actually work because revival is here. God's saying, I'm bringing people. Are you ready, GGC Life? Amen? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Good, we're signing you up as Connect Group Leaders after the service. Number two. Honour those with authority. Mm. Everybody say, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Um, John Boevee writes this. I love John Boevee, phenomenal teacher of the Word. He says, the New Testament instructs us to honour All people. Say all people. people. Not the people you just like, just quietly. All people. To honor is to value and see weighty and precious. But if the object of our honor is a person, specifically one who's in authority, honor carries the meaning of respect and reverence. So the key to honor is respect and reverence reverence and that's one thing we i feel in our society and in the world we've lost our respect and reverence for authority especially especially those in the police force and in and 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 our ambulance services like those in like we've lost all respect and i go where does this come from why have we lost all reverence And, and and it's simple when you look at it is as a world we have dishonored god there's no honor to god and if it starts with cat, where do you think it lines up? If we won't honor God, then will then we honor one another? And why is this important? Why is this important? Psalm 22 says this You who fear the Lord, anyone in this house fearing the Lord in a good way? Praise him then. All you descendants of Jacob, you and I, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel, again, which is you and I. You know what we've done? we've we've we have made god common like he's just the big guy upstairs he's the guy who ends up showing up on the simpsons with gray beard and like you know not that i watch the simpsons like 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 god is is known as um what's his name god's morgan freeman everybody but that's how, it, like, 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 think about it. We've, God's created us in our own image. And what have we done? We've repaid him the favor and created him in our own image. We put a face to God. Why? Because it's easier to not honor and reverent a familiar face. And so when it comes like that, we don't even honor him. Guess what happens to one another? We do not honor each other. Why? Because all of a sudden we forget that Carl is made in the complete likeness and image of Almighty God. How dare you dishonor a man that's made after God. So we see each other a different way. So when we, when we revere him and we, we, we sing, you are worthy of it all. Like day and night, like we say, I exalt you. You're not just my homeboy. You're my king who created me. Who One day I'm standing in front of having to give an account of every word, which is the scariest verse in the whole Bible. Thank you. And when that happens, I believe we learn to honor one another and honor authority so much more because we see the value of each other the way God sees us. Amen. Think about Jesus. Walked with God, filled with the Holy Spirit. He did many miracles, would you agree? Everywhere he went, healed the sick, blind eyes open. But then we have an account in Mark 6, 4, where Jesus goes back to his home. And he couldn't do many miracles. We know the story. If you don't know the story, he goes back to his hometown. And they're like, who is this guy? He isn't this just Joseph's son. He's just Jesus. And what does he say? He goes, a prophet is without. Say that again. A prophet is without only in his own home, among his relatives and his in-house. And so he couldn't perform any miracles there except the laying of the hands of a few and the sick. Could it be that we're not seeing any miracles take place because we don't have the right honor where it's meant to be. Maybe not even honoring God. Maybe it's honoring our leaders and our pastors and, and, and those in authority, our, our bosses. Maybe we are hindering God. You know, last week Leo said he had to shut um, his mouth so he didn't speak. Um, who was it? it um, John the Baptist's dad? Yep, and, and and he had to shut his mouth because he could have spoken the miracle out of existence. Well, maybe we need to be shutting our mouths against another person so we don't limit God doing miracles in our own life. We're praying, God, heal me. God, do this. God, do this. And then this idiot next to me did the error. And God's like, I wanted to. I was about to, but you just called him an idiot, and I'm not going to maybe it's the fact that we don't honor God the way He's meant to be honored, that we are not receiving a miracle. Hey, if we're seeing miracles take place in Melbourne where people are being saved, where maybe God's saying, I want to use you. I don't need you to go to a conference. I want to use you where you are in your seat. You know what's amazing is, there's a lady in our in our apartment block, and she, and she came up to me. She said, "Oh, my ear! She had a surgery, and her ear um, got completely fixed. She had something wrong." What I didn't know, I didn't know that this about her at first, is um, George, who lives in our in our building, he saw her at the shops, and um, she went up to him. She went up to him and said, "Oh, about my ear." And there and then, he goes, "I just had to do it." He goes in front of everyone at the shops. He goes, "Can I just pray for you?" She's like. Okay. And he put his hand on her ear and just prayed complete healing and said, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. You're going to be completely healed. And she was so touched by it. That is us stepping out in revival. And it happens when we submit and honor those in authority. I'm going to continue moving on. You see, honoring those in authority is not just obeying. I, I can tell you what to do. Have you ever... Any kids ever, go get your, go pick up your, go clean your room. You know, the whole, go clean your room. Fine. You go in your room and you're, I hate you. I hate you. I, it's not just obedience, right? I always tell my kids, go pick up your toys. I don't want to. Just do it. Just do it. Like, you know, and they find it. That that's that's. I'm not talking about that because honor is just not on its own. It's like salt and pepper. Like you go to a restaurant, what do you find on the table? You find salt and yeah, so I, we had people over, which was awesome on Wednesday night, and I come back, Laura's like, get, get, get the salt and pepper stuff. And I'm like, I get the salt. And she's like, I think you're like, where's what about the pepper? I was like, what do we need pepper for? Like, the food should come out perfect as it is. I don't need to salt this thing. That's why I don't need it because her cooking is that amazing. It doesn't need salt and pepper. Far out. We don't even need that stuff. But it comes together, salt and pepper. It's like marriage. Marriage isn't on its own. It's love and marriage, love and marriage, Everyone um, who was not born in the 90s are there going, who sings that song? <laughs> anyway, submission and honor is like salt and pepper they go hand in hand if you submit without honor you might as well not submit at all because your heart's not in it it's about our heart attitude it's not what you do it's the intent of why we do it if i'm setting up chairs and i'm like no one came in to set up chairs like the the offering of sacrifice going up to god is not received because my heart's not in it church if we want to walk in authority and we want to we want to honor make sure our heart's in it when we serve amen I want to use this legend over here, Elisha, when he comes and he starts to prophesy and start to declare, honor the gift. Don't cut it off because he's like, who does he think he is? Allow it because the Bible says when you honor a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Sometimes we're not receiving from the pulpit because we're not honoring. And that goes with pastors and teachers. Let us be a people who honor. And I'm teaching this to myself, but I think when we catch it, we're actually walking in authority with greater authority. What's that word with greater credibility. We can actually walk with credibility going, hey, I am honoring, I can speak. And um, Bill Johnson, phenomenal man, and they said to him on a post on Facebook, why don't you like you know pull other people down? Paraphrasing. And he goes, Why would I dishonour another man of God created in God's image? What a fantastic attitude to have. And if we hold each other accountable, because we're not perfect, we slip up, trust me, we're humans. But if we slip up, we ask for forgiveness, we move forward, we hold each other accountable. You know what? The devil, they can't, there's no voices that can speak against you because you're doing this right. Amen? Does that make sense? Cool. Alrighty. Hey, what about when your leader offends you? This is great until the part where someone hurts you. How do you honor when someone offends you? There's a story in the Bible in, in 1 Samuel. Can we quickly turn there? I'm just going to read it out. I want to give you a good example of how we honor those because it's great to honor, but what about when they offend you? Or what about when, when you don't see eye to eye? You know, um, this is Hannah. She's in, she's, um, I'm going to verse, verse 9. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat at the doorpost in the tabernacle of the Lord. No, we need to put a seat. It's biblical. I want to sit and the doorpost and watch you guys. I'm joking. He he, he sees sitting. And then all of a sudden, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Hear this. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts. Where am I? O Lord of hosts. If you will indeed look on the afflicted of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but we'll give her a male child. Then I will give him to you, please. And she starts praying and praying. And as this happened, say, as this happened, she continued pouring out before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought, she's drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put away your wine. Let's contextualize this for a moment. What would happen if I said that to you? Hey, rah, 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 rah. You're uh, like, what, what if I like? I think and I start saying it? How, how do you respond? Because how we respond in that moment determines whether we truly honor or not. And what is her response? She said, not, not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I'm not been drinking wine. I was pouring out my soul. Don't take your servant for a wicked woman. And I've been he praying. And you know what? He doesn't even repent. He doesn't even apologize to Hannah. What a jerk, right? And and, and, and but. He, but, the, but he goes, hey, go in peace, and, and the Lord grant you, your, per, you know, your petition which you have asked. He doesn't even say, oh, my bad. I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. Like, that's what I would have done. In that moment, her honor and respect did not change, did, did, did not, what does it do? Her honor it didn't change, and it didn't, it wasn't about his attitude. It wasn't about what he did. Her honoring him didn't say, oh, what you did was Okay. I'm gonna. No, no, no. It was about her heart attitude. Going, I'm not getting involved in this. I want. I just want to seek God. I'm gonna be pure about it. You know what? When someone disrespects you, or if a leader, if I speak over, if I what, whoever, your boss, your parent, you know what? Honor them. Let God deal with their action. Just because you honor it doesn't mean you condone what they're doing. It's not about that. It's your heart being pure. Is that okay? Is that cool? Because we know that there's leaders and, and there's, there's some corrupt leaders and bad leaders in, in churches and outside. And we just honor them and allow, allow God to deal with the rest. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. The last one is submit to those in authority, which we just spoken about. But I want to talk about this in a, as in a, you need to submit to them, even when you do not agree. You know, one thing I love about Leo is that he allows me to disagree with him. <laughs> We have so many talks, and like Leo goes, I want to do this. And I'm like, that's not a good idea. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> Leo wants to do this. Leo, like, like, I have to catch myself. And I remember praying, and God said, hey, Sal, who have I called to lead GGC Life, you or Leo? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Leo. And he goes, that's right. So let him lead, and you submit. Wow. And then guess what happens? Weeks after that decision's happened, I went, ah, I see why you did it this way. I'm so sorry for not agreeing. But the best thing is you don't have to agree for you to submit. All you need to do is submit with honor, with respect, and go for it. Just because you, just because you don't see eye to eye, you can still submit and move forward. And then God will show you the wisdom later on. That's what he had to do with me. He had to go half south. This is why. I was like, ah, it makes complete sense. You know, in Romans 13, it says, let everyone, say everyone, Everyone. be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except for which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. That is in your Bible, if you read in, in, in Romans 13. Can I give you some context as we close? Nero was emperor at this time, okay? Nero was a bad guy. Years later, he started throwing Christians to be persecuted. He's a bad guy. And what does he say? Submit to authorities. Today, submit to your authorities. Submit to the governing laws of Australia. But we need to put put this verse in context of the whole Bible because what if you're told to do something unbiblical? What if you're told to do something that's against your belief system as a child of the most high God what do you do the Bible says submit to all authorities do I submit well what we need to do we have got to look at it in context we can't just take one scripture out and not see what the whole Bible is saying so can we just quickly cross-examine this because all scripture is inspired by God so that means we have to have a look at it at holy and there's three times that I see there's probably more but there's three times I want to highlight where you went dis- against the authorities of the world one was with Moses God even commanded him hey go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And he stood against the authority of the land for a reason. The second time, we find in Daniel, where, where, where Daniel is um, praying and praying, and what they do is they bring a law into place, and they say, hey, you can't worship God anymore. You've got to worship this other God. And, and he disobeys that authority, and he worships God. And the third time we see this is in, in Acts, in Acts 4.19. The Jewish authorities were commanding Peter and John, hey, do not teach in the name of Jesus. Do not do it. And what do they say? They said, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, we must judge, for we cannot speak for what we have seen and heard. So they went on publicly preaching they were arrested again and they said do not do it. we strictly charge you do not teach in this name you know there's going to be a time where the authorities of this world is going to say i strictly charge you do not preach in the name of jesus and this is the language we and i need to have we're allowed to submit unto authority until the point where it goes against our own word of god and doing exactly the opposite of what the bible says because what does peter say he goes he goes he goes. Peter's response was this: We must obey God rather than man. So you might be having family in your home saying you shouldn't do this. Don't go to church. Don't pray. Don't this. The, they might be saying don't preach Jesus. I don't care what they say. The authority. I'm submitting under the authority of God, and I will preach Jesus until I'm thrown into jail or whatever. That should be. A, and and the when the time's coming. We need to be so certain of our faith because the world is changing. Everything about this same-sex marriage, it's all changing and it's shaking the church. And this is where we're gonna see the sheep from the goats. This is where we're gonna see who's actually standing firm in Christ and is gonna stick to the word and the authority of God or who's gonna leave because it's too hard. You know what? In 20 years, 30 years time, when he comes back whenever, I'm standing strong. I am standing strong. I will run my race. It's not how we start, it's how we finish. I'm standing strong. And I pray that that will be your heart as well. That I would submit under His authority. If you have spoken, I will do. Is that alright? Amen. Amen.